Animal Gear Written by Drew Scott Planned by Jordan Buckingham and Sakai Dozier Sequence 5 Scene 1 Some days have passed since Quetzal and Diego's harrowing encounter with the Aquamancer mercenary at the docks. Midday has once again arrived at the Longhorn Steakhouse, but business is still somewhat slow. Diego is working as much as he can manage in the kitchen, sitting on a chair with a crutch at his side. His hands and forearms are wrapped in bandages, as is what can be seen of his chest. He isn't using the heat gear today, opting to cook in a more mundane manner, one that is less taxing. Ketzel is waiting tables in the main room. He is less worse for the wear, with a few bandages and bruises here and there. In spite of the slowness of the day, Quetzal did not initially notice the Aquamancer as she sauntered in with a satchel in tow. She was waiting patiently in front of the cash register at the bar for a few moments before he approached, and even then he was not fully paying attention, preoccupied with recounting a set of orders on his notepad. He automatically responds to a presence as he moves to the bar. Table for one! Ah! Quetzal jumps at the sight of the fishwoman. He has been on edge ever since that encounter before. He's still shaking as she responds to his greeting. Yes, table for one. Uh, you, uh, you're here for the... the uh, I am here for the necklace and the contract, as well as some lunch. Quetzal pauses for a moment to take a deep breath and calm his nerves. It's somewhat ineffective, but it's good enough to get his verbal speech in order, at least. Your... your table is this way! Quetzal guides the Aquamancer to her table, nervously handing her a menu. Despite his best efforts, Quetzal's talons are still shaking with anxiety. He clasps them together behind his back in an effort to quell the motion. The action is only marginally successful. I'll go get your necklace. It's in the back. Of course, the Aquamancer responded. Keeping his eyes on the fishwoman as he attempts to make his way back to the kitchen, Quetzal awkwardly backs towards the kitchen doors. He darts through them as soon as he touches them. Unperturbed, the fishwoman sits quietly, patiently perusing the menu with a casual air. After a few minutes, Quetzal and Diego exit the kitchen, Diego leading the way in spite of having to hobble along on a crutch. As they arrive at the Aquamancer's table, Quetzal pulls out a chair for Diego, who carefully takes a seat in it with a low grunt. The Doberman chef leans forward, placing an arm on the table as he glares at the fishwoman. A wry smile forms on the fishwoman's visage as she observes Diego's austere manner. I suppose it's a table for two now, is it? Diego doesn't verbally respond to the sentiment, instead reaching into his chef's apron and pulling out the fully repaired brooch necklace. He lays it on the table with care, his eyes never leaving the Aquamancer for a second. The Aquamancer's reply is likewise silent. 
her expression becoming darkly serious as she puts the menu down on the table and takes the brooch in hand, tilting it this way and that as she mulls over it with her eyes. Continuing to hold the necklace in one hand, the aquamancer uses the other to reach into her satchel and produce a fountain pen as well as a contract, which she then places on the table. Sign on the dotted line, please. And then again here, on page two. Quetzal swallows as he picks up the pen and goes about the process of signing the contracts. His signature, though scrawled and shaking hand, was recognizable enough. At the very least, it appeared to be enough for the fishwoman, who, after examining the contract, folded it up and slid it and the pen back into her satchel. Diego scowled slightly as he watched the aquamancer carefully. So that's it? The fishwoman nods, preoccupied with examining the necklace in her hands. Diego, realizing that the aquamancer's silent acquiescence has done little to quell his young charge's nerves, waves the bird boy off while continuing to watch the aquamancer closely. Quetzal gladly returns to the business of bussing the tables, every once in a while casting a glance in the direction of Diego and the aquamancer. There's a brief moment of silence as the aquamancer continues to look over the brooch in hand, saying nothing to Diego. Eventually, Diego breaks the silence, somewhat irritated at the Aquamancer's slowness to respond. Well? Diego's comment appears to draw the Aquamancer out of some form of reverie as she places the brooch on the table, still keeping a hand on it, thumbing it gently as she responds. <laughs> Decent work at best. Bullshit, Diego replied. Quetzal knows what he's about. He said it looks exactly the same. Believe that if you want. After this brief exchange, the fishwoman continues to read the menu as though she were a normal customer, a fact that is not lost on Diego, whose irritation is becoming more and more visible on his face. Diego grits his teeth, uttering a growl under his breath to release some tension, before he starts in again. Funny thing, you know a lot about us, but you haven't bothered to tell us who you are. The fishwoman continues to ignore him, eventually coming to a decision on what she wanted to eat. She places the menu on the table and slides it towards Diego pointing at the item. I'll take this, medium rare, with a side salad, if you please. So you're not even going to acknowledge it? The price of this meal is well within my ability to pay, if that's what you're asking. You know what I'm getting at. You have what you want. way I see it, you're done here. Well, well, I have made an order, and you have a lack of paying customers at the moment. I don't believe it's in your best interest not to serve. 
I don't care. You need to get out of here. Now. How come now? The fishwoman stated with a slight bit of irritation on her part. Our business is concluded. Ketzel has signed the deal, and as I understand it, your infraction was unintentional, though grievous. Diego shakes his head. You're talking about the necklace, right? Yes. Didn't seem like that'd be something you'd get over so easy. <sighs> we, Piranha, are prone to such fits of rage in the moment. It is something I have worked hard to curb over the years. Suffice it to say, my display in that alleyway was... embarrassing. Another awkward pause falls upon the table as Diego tilts his head and eyes the fishwoman with some suspicion. This is... probably the closest thing I'm gonna get to an apology from you, isn't it? The fishwoman says nothing to this, looking away from Diego to some unknown spot on the ceiling. She's clearly uncomfortable. Do I need to be worrying about a fin in the back from you? The fishwoman responds without turning to face the doberman chef. No. No, I don't believe so. Really? Diego asked incredulously. Not today, at least, the fishwoman responded. But perhaps tomorrow. Someone may hire me to visit again. Such is the lot of a mercenary. Diego's eyes narrow, but instead of a scowl, a slight smirk tugs at the edge of his jowls. <sighs> Friends today, enemies tomorrow, eh? Indeed. At some point during this exchange, Ketzel had finished making his rounds in the dining room. He was standing at the side of the table, waiting patiently, with a pitcher of water and a glass in talon. Beads of sweat dot the feathers of his brow. Diego gives Ketzel a reassuring nod before returning his attention to the fishwoman. So, you got a name? The Aquamancer pauses for a moment. Of course I do. You may call me Karina. And you are... Diego, the Doberman said, bringing a hand to his chest. Diego Isaias. He looks over to Quetzal, who is watching all of this with a little less trepidation, but he's still very nervous. Quetzal. Karina here will have the sautéed fawn daughter, medium rare, with a side salad. Quetzal nods vigorously to this, and places the glass on the table, pouring a bit of water into it. After doing so, he takes the menu and makes his way to the kitchen. Diego remains. Both he and Karina glance at the glass of water, but neither take it. Screwed with that kid's head, you know. Every time I look, he's 
looking around the corner, worried someone is going to come out and get him. He's scared to death. You did that to him. Karina doesn't respond to this, avoiding Diego's accusatory gaze. Now me? I can handle getting beat up. I've been in some scrapes. But Quetzal? He wouldn't hurt a fly. He's never been in a fight in his life. You changed that. You came along and beat the shit out of me and him. You could've killed him. Hell, you could've killed me. Karina continues to avoid Diego's stare, instead grasping the glass of water and taking a sip. <laughs> Diego chuckled. That's pretty brave of you. After you poisoned Quetzal, what makes you think that I wouldn't poison your water? Karina smiles, quietly placing the glass back on the table. Oh, I would know. And you would be dead. Both of you. Diego snorts at this, giving Karina a sidelong glare. The fishwoman responds with a light smirk, returning the Doberman's stare, although hers is more nonchalantly challenging in nature. They hold position for a period before Diego shakes his head with an exasperated grumble, hefting himself up onto his crutch and hobbling his way back to the kitchen. We linger a moment on the scene, with Karina at the table framing Diego's kitchen sojourn, and then we pull back to another table, directly aligned with this one, but on the other side of the restaurant. There, Bartol and Rook are watching intently over the remains of some form of hard-shell entree. Quetzal passes through the frame, wiping his hands with a cloth while nervously eyeing Karina. He almost doesn't notice Bartol waving him down. Hey, Quetzal! You're off now, right? We need to leave right away if we want to beat the crowd. Quetzal pauses a moment to regain his bearings. Oh, hi, Bartol. You're talking about the presidential rally, right? Don't you have a, a backstage pass or something? You could afford that, right? Well, yes, I could, but we're not doing that today. Bartol responded. We're to observe the rally from the common people's perspective. It will be a valuable experience. Now come. Requiring any more of an excuse to leave the cafe and all of the tension that was held within, Quetzal drops the towel onto the table and waves to Vivian, who is currently manning the bar. He points to the table, indicating that she should clean it, to which Vivian at first gives him a disparaging but playful scowl, but then nods and waves goodbye. With everything handled, Quetzal, Bartol, and Rook leave the café together. Bartol waves down a taxi, and they all pile in, with Rook in the front, and Bartol and the Quetzal in the back, discussing many, many things, as they drive down towards downtown. 
Quetzal is relieved, as he has many intellectual and philosophical discussions with Bartol. This presidential rally that they were headed towards might be just what he needed to get his mind off of things. Surely. End scene.